Welcome to True Print for Life. I'm your host, Christina Vera. And I'm your co-host, Mylene Samboys. Welcome back for another exciting episode. Uh, we are excited to have a guest speaker with us today. We have Miss Coco in the building. Hi. I feel like we need like, wah, wah. We need like Coco. some sound effects yes. or something. Hey, y'all, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to know Coco is to know, to experience Coco. Um, she is a event hairstylist, makeup artist. I mean, she's the bomb. Like, I have very high expectations when it comes to hair. Oh my gosh. She's very hair, picky, guys. Very picky. Um, for those who really know me, it took me years to really find a Coco. And when I found her, remember the first time I came to your chair? Yeah. And I think it was, like, either the first last time. Year. Yeah, first or second time. And you were like... So I'm leaving. And I was like, what? I was like, where are you going? I thought she was moving out of state. And I was like, girl, don't do this to me. She's like, no, no, just to a different salon. I said, why didn't you just lead with that? <laughs> I mean, because, you know, I'm we so are dramatic. <laughs> I'm very I, dramatic. Yeah, I was just like, what? So, it, so I just, I have appreciated just getting to know you and your journey and just how passionate you are about the work that you do. Like, it's not, like, I really feel like you're an artist and you really mm -hmm. care about your clients. You are very every time I go she's like what's up with you and it's always an experience and I think that that's something that in this day and age when there's so many different people that because oftentimes you hear people like well everybody's doing the same thing like you know how can I be different and what if I'm not successful because there's so many realtors or there's so many hairstylists and it's like yeah but if you are uniquely you and you're really into your craft and you're good and you're good at it, like you really invest your time, your energy into your clients, like you will always have business. Absolutely. And those are questions that or thoughts that I always had in my head in the very beginning, like everybody's doing what I'm doing. Everybody's doing blowouts and everybody is doing wedding hairstyles and makeup. Like what's going to stand me out? How am I going to be successful? But I just kept going. I didn't, I try not to think about other people's walk and their journey mm -hmm. and, um, I feel like by doing that, it just made me zone in on me and my business. And then eventually, like, I don't want to say I became a household name, but like I'm, I'm well known in the community. So mm -hmm. I just feel like that just, I had to put that out of my mind mm -hmm. and just focus on like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And what you said, like, I guess just being me and just really caring about my clients and how the overall style turns out or the overall makeup turns out like mm -hmm. that's important to me like I never want anybody to leave my chair unhappy mm -hmm. ever so I will go above and beyond to make sure that my client is happy yeah and that could be anywhere from <clears throat> coming in early staying a couple hours late coming to the house coming to the house yes. right. I love that part <laughs> Jesus <laughs> so yeah I think um I think just me wanting to make sure that my clients are comfortable and um, secure in, because I mean, it's an investment that you're giving to me too. You're investing your time and your money into me. Mm -hmm. So I better make sure that I'm the best. Yeah. And that's just how I feel. I you love are. that. And you, yeah, you're, you're phenomenal. And I think one of the things that also like really appealed to us um, about you, not only just your ethic and business, it's just like, just to hear all the things that you have gone through in terms of building your business. And I think just a couple of weeks ago, you were telling me just like when you first graduated from hair school, like you really wanted to find somebody that you can learn alongside. 
Yeah, I went to hair school in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where I was born. I was raised here in Columbus. Um, I went to Empire Beauty School, and it's off of Glendale Avenue. It's down the street from my – I was living with my dad at the time. And um, I was working at Subway, and I would walk or catch the bus to the hair school, and I did that for a year and graduated. And then after I graduated there, I was recruited, and I put quotes because it. I was, I was recruited by – a lady who was a manager at a chain salon that is well known in like Walmarts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, when I got there, I realized that um, they weren't going to like teach me and mold me. I'm just now coming out of school and like I saw that they would just want me to be on the floor. <clears throat> and one of the managers at that particular salon, um, they got a lot of African American or brown people to come in. And there was only Caucasian people that worked at that salon Mm -hmm. until I came as a front desk person. Um, That was my training. Um, I put quotes again. And I remember the day that I knew I didn't want to be there anymore. She um, was trying to do a relaxer on someone that A, didn't need one. And B, I was really concerned that she herself, the manager, didn't know how to do a relaxer anyway. Mm And looked to me to do it. And I told her I was not going to do it. And I told the the person in the chair, I was like, I don't think you should um, because your hair is really fine. She was biracial. She had, my hair is coarse, but her hair was like lo- looser curls than mine. And she didn't need it, bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I left there. And then there was another lady who had kind of a similar situation that I'm doing, a concierge. Um, blowout situation, but um, she had too many hands in the pot, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And I and a friend of mine who was doing it with me in Phoenix, we decided not to be a part of her anymore. Um, so after that, I was just working and um, I got a call about a uh, my mom was sick, and she still lives in Columbus. Um, it was just a family emergency to the point where, like, I pushed pause on my life in Phoenix um, and moved back here mm-hmm. to deal with that. And uh, I came here, and I knew in Phoenix I had seen Dry Bar, and I knew that they only did styling and they never did any colors or anything like that. And I kind of knew that that was the way that I wanted to go because I was like really good at updos and like era type of hairdos, like the 50s. I love doing 50s hairdos and finger waves and stuff like that. Um, But when I came out east, like I didn't see a dry bar anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, I I was working at Starbucks in Phoenix. Um, I transferred my Starbucks to Columbus. I was there for three years. And so I transferred here. I didn't have a car. I was walking. I was busing it everywhere. And at Starbucks, you get six free therapy sessions. Um, They care about your mental health. I love Starbucks. I was going to say, oh, my God, you can make me a drink, but continue. I know (laughs) all of the – I know all the um, – All the secrets. All the secrets and all those things. But, um, yeah, so I went to a therapist that was in Grandview – 
And um, I was just walking down, I think that's Grandview Avenue because that's Fifth and then that's Grandview. Mm -hmm. So I was just walking down it. And uh, if you don't walk past the blowout bar, then you don't really see it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I saw that place and I walked in and I applied and like the next week I got the job. Mm -hmm. And I think that working there for two and a half, almost three years had really honed in my love of styling and updos and weddings and makeup. I still did color. I still tried to like do a lot of color and cuts and things, but um, I feel like that would be my niche of like what I like to do in the beauty industry. Yeah. And so I was there and then COVID happened Mm -hmm. and everybody had, you know, time to themselves and try to figure out what they wanted to do with themselves, including myself. And during that time, I just realized like, I'm really good at what I do and I'm already doing clients outside of the salon and I think that I should just step out and do my own thing. And I was really scared Mm -hmm. because I am a workaholic. I'm always working like either a job, two jobs, three jobs. It's just I've never just like done a me thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I... I'm still working like a little job, but I started to really like put my foot forward and like do more. Um, Finally this year, I LLC'd myself and EIN'd myself. And I actually just went and saw a financial advisor the other day. So somebody's going to take care of that portion for me and I'll be an employee of Femme Beauty. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. So yeah, I'm just like a lot of steps. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still trying to figure out all these things. I've I've done my own taxes before as a W-2 employee, but never as a 1099. So it's I, a whole different thing. I know. Don't and do what you're saying. The IRS will pull up. Let me tell you. <laughs> when I became officially a 1099, I was like, oh, it can't be that hard. You're right. And I'm on, I'm on H&R Block, and they guided me all in the wrong way. And I got that big yellow envelope in the mail. Mm. And Come I remember on. I was sleeping. I was asleep. And my husband comes in the room. He's like, we're being audited. Like, he was, he was like, <laughs> oh I woke God. up and I was like, what? And he, and he throws the envelopes on the uh, bed and there are these long envelopes. And I was like, what is that? And he was like, it's from the IRS. <laughs> and I was like, H&R Block. And luckily, we got the insurance raised in our block because yeah. that 1099 is a whole different thing. It's It's so weird. Like, I'm not saying like I would ever do anything wrong or or whatever, but like I didn't think that the IRS would find a way to get at the little people. Oh, you would think that, but no, people. they love us because yeah. I mean, luckily it was a it was a minor like it was genuinely just an error. Like we didn't know, and after that, I never did my own taxes. Like, yeah, I have a person now, and she's phenomenal. The best. But it's to your point. There's so many things that you are learning, kind of on the go as an entrepreneur, and like so many years that you were kind of navigating this space of being in the business, but not necessarily having like your LLC, your EIN. Now you're meeting with a financial, you know, advisor person. So it's taking it one day at a time and and hearing your journey, I guess it's, you know, what, what kind of pushed you to kind of position yourself now in this place of like, no, I want to, I want to have this as a full business, my full entity. 
That's a good question. Um, so I probably, like most people, I'm driven by money. I didn't grow up with money. Um, we weren't poor, but like we weren't rich either. And I just refused to be broke, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to just put it plain. So that's why I work so much. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that I knew that eventually if I were to be my own entity, my own business, like eventually I'm going to get somewhere to where I'm going to be so successful to the point where I might not even have to work for myself anymore. I might finally get to hire employees. And so um, I'm doing that so that I can sustain my future. Um, I want to be able to put a plant of my name on this planet somehow. I just, I mean, my my parents were uh, musicians and I'm a singer too, but like, I, I don't know in what capacity. I just know God has a plan for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that this is definitely one of the ways that I'm supposed to be out there uh, putting my stamp on the world. So um, just the fact that I'm, you know, I'm a mixed girl that, came from, you know, not so nurturing, uh, I guess, upbringing and um, just wanting to better myself. And um, I don't have kids, but like if I were to have children, I want to make sure that, you know, they're okay and things like that. So I guess that's pretty much why just I want to make sure that I put a stamp on this world for myself and for my future. Oh, that's beautiful. I think you have a stamp in some of my pictures um, with my best hairstyle. So you have put the stamp already in my... <laughs> I my, love that picture so much. I, I use that in my uh, in my Instagram a lot. I'm like, yes, we did such a great job there. <laughs> Thank day. you. You know, I, I love your services. And I think, you know, I stole you from Christina. She bought, she let me borrow you. Um, <laughs> I let you borrow Yes, yeah, she's like, I found the best person. I'm like, well, let me see. You know, because I have Dominican hair and this hair is really... And I came here. over and blew it out. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's going to be a great birthday. Forget everything. I don't need no cake. <laughs> it was beautiful. But it is... You know, to agree with Christina, you are an experience. You know, I, you know, when you came to my house and I felt like a really like famous person that day <laughs> because the way you took care of like just really making sure that I was okay. It was a very special day for me. And and just everything that you did, you say, like you were very intentional. Thank you. And, and that stays with you. And, you know, when you were talking about your doubts, you know, everybody, I, I, I don't know, I cannot do hair, but some people can do hair, mm-hmm. but not everybody can do it well, and they cannot do it with a passion. Mm-hmm. So I know you're driven by money, but you're also driven by your passion. Mm-hmm. So it's not just money, because people that do stuff for money, you can see it. Yeah. Like, it's not genuine. It's just like like a very transactional, mm-hmm. but you are above that, right? So when I hear you talking about your stamp on the world now, it makes sense, mm-hmm. because you left the stamp on me, right? Aww. Like, I'm my client, guys. I have I have reserved spots <laughs> for next time. <laughs> so I love that. Working with people for yourself, right? Because a lot of people are in this space right now. I know a lot of women that work in salons, and they're, like, dreaming of having their own thing, and maybe they're thinking the next big thing is a salon. Like, they're not thinking of a mobile thing. They're not thinking of, you know, maybe having a, being independent and in salon, right? They're thinking they have to to follow this, or they, in order for them to go independent, they have to have their own big place. Yeah. You you started in different ways, right? You do the mobile work. You do you actually have your spot too that we go to. I have a spot that I I booth rent. Yeah. Uh, so if people like Christina that come over and they want their color done, or somebody just wants to lean back and be in a bowl for me to wash, and they have that option. But majority of my clients are house calls. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. So how did you, what do you tell those women or men, right? They're, they're in this situation right now. They're about to make that step and, they're, and there's something is stopping them, right? They're afraid. They don't know like what is the next, what is the next best step for them, mm-hmm. where they are right now. Um, and you took those steps. So what would you tell someone that's right there scared to death? Man, I, I'm still scared. Like you don't know what's going to, like I could knock on wood, I could lose three, four clients tomorrow. Like, I don't know, but, um, you just gotta, I tell, I tell my best friend this all the time. Um, God is bigger than fear. Mm. You just have to step into it no matter what. Like, um, I think I'm I'm less afraid to do this than I am to actually pursue like a music career if I'm going to be transparent. I should have done that a long time ago, but um I still I still favor that part of me in other ways and other aspects of my life, but I feel a calling to do my beauty business more. Um I don't know when that switched, but it did. Um so I would just say to people, like, if you're scared, you just have to, I think one another reason why I'm not that afraid is that I was kind of prepared. Like I had been building my mind for a while. Like I'd been putting money away for a while. I didn't really know what that money was going to be for. I'm like, mm, I might buy a new car or mm, this is going to be for a house. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure. And we for dang sure didn't know that the pandemic was going to happen. Yeah. So by the time that had rolled around, I had a pretty nice chunk of change in my bank. And thank the Lord, I didn't have to use much or any of it during that time. But um, after everything was stable and we got back to, I guess, normal, um, having that was very um, reassuring for me so that when I finally did decide to make that step for myself, like if there was, there has been actually a a week or two where like maybe I only have one or two clients for the week and like, you know, that's it. I mean, it's great. I'm making my own schedule. I can like chill out whenever I want, but also like "Mm, I haven't had a client in four days. Like what am I going to do? Yeah. So... Um, you have to be kind of prepared a little bit. Like, um, some people, I have a cousin that lives in San Francisco. He left, he told me he left Ohio with like less than $200 in his pocket. Now he's a professional skateboarder. Um, Mm -hmm. his story is crazy. Um, but for me, it was just helpful for me to be prepared financially. And Mm -hmm. so I guess working all those jobs and doing all those things, and saving money, I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at accounting and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me about saving and how to budget, like I can help you with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for me, it was just making sure I had money in the bank so that when times got tough, you know, I had that to fall back on just in case. And where would you say that that drive comes from? Because I know like we've had so many conversations in your chair. Um, just about just like our upbringings and, you know, sometimes you just didn't have a choice, but to be able to, you know, be innovative and push forward. Um, cause would you say that you've seen like a lot of what you've learned now as an adult in business or just in life were those things that you learned as a young person or those things that experiences that you had that kind of helped shape kind of like the woman you are today? I may have gotten some business stuff 
subliminally sent to me growing up. I mean, my my mom, she was, um, you know, she taught me a little bit about banking and things like that. Um, but it, we, she and I never sat down and talked about like, this is how you save and this is how much person, like it was never anything like that. Um, my father though, um, Reggie, he lives in Arizona and he has his own catering business now. Um, it's blue by you, Cajun food. It's in Phoenix. And, um, he services Phoenix and Scottsdale and stuff, but I think my drive like came from him because that dude stayed working my whole entire life. Like he's worked for Pepsi, he's worked for Coke, he's worked uh, he's worked um, in hospitality his whole life, um, and it makes sense for him to have his own food truck right now. Um, but he's also working another job too. So like I see me and him a lot. Yeah. And we talk about it all the time. I'm I feel like he's still learning himself, but he's been doing it longer. So I will call him and ask him questions and things like that. Um he'll ask me how to do like social media because he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Um, and I'll tell him, like, you can't use Facebook all the time. It's not it's not cool. <laughs> we were just talking about, like, do we need a Facebook? And we were like, I mean, maybe. I don't know. He is always posting. He just posted today. I'm like, you need a, you need an Instagram. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, yeah, I think internally, like, that drive may have been passed down to me through him. But, um, again, like when we moved from Phoenix to Columbus, we, I mean, we lived in the hood. So like, I, I'm just driven by making sure that I'm not in that position again. Um, and that's, yeah, I guess that's where that stems from. Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, like you said, sometimes it's just certain elements of our life or parts of our life where we're like, you know what, I appreciate the lessons that I learned in those moments because I know there's Definitely. we can quickly be like, oh, why does this happen to me or why Girl. do I have to be? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've told, I mean, there's we've talked about this in past episodes, you know, like I appreciate, you know, you can't pick where you come from. You can't pick the family or the things you go through. The cards through. you're dealt, they're dealt. No, mm -hmm. they're dealt. It's just yeah. how you play them. And Mylene always used to say to me when I used to get frustrated, she's like, okay, what's the lesson and what's the opportunity? Mm. And so I used to be like, when she first said it to me. She wanted to kill me. That's like, so I, annoying. I, I was like, girl, don't be trying to hit me with no positive. Like, I want to be pissed right now. She's like, but I mean, just, I mean, just, just, just pretend with me, bro. Like, what's the lesson and what's the opportunity? Because even if we're so, you know, like, like you said, you know, you, you were living in the hood and that was like, oh. Like, you know, I don't want to be here no more. I don't want, and it's weird because like, you know, we also grew up in, in, you know, project areas and my dad, you know, growing up, he grew up in Brooklyn, New York and in, in Red Hook projects. And when we come to Columbus, you know, he used to buy properties still in neighborhoods that were very similar to what it was like in Brooklyn. And I remember probably about 15-ish years ago, uh, my brother asking him, like, Dad, like, why do you still keep buying houses, like, in, you know, certain areas? And he's like, for me, I never want to leave. Like, I never, he said, waking up every single day and still feeling like 
I have to hustle. He said, I could go live in the suburbs or I could go live somewhere where I could leave my door unlocked. He said, but in his mind, he felt like he needed to be reminded by still being in certain neighborhoods to get up every day and work two and three jobs. So it's interesting how some people feel like, oh, I just want something different or I don't I don't want to be reminded. Trying to get out of it. And then and you have needs- people like him, which he's not, you know. This, you know. <laughs> he likes to be in it so he can have that motivation. To him, it's motivation. Every day yeah. to wake up I to see that. see that struggle is for him. It's like, you know what? I have to get up. I got I got things to do. I got. And so it's just is interesting. Is that a healthy way? I don't know that it's healthy. I understand it. It's weird. Weird, do I want to under- hear gunshots? No, I don't. I don't think so. But, my, yeah. but to him, it's, I respect that. But it's actually it, mental health. I know, <laughs> but that's to him. So it's interesting how people's perceptions, yeah, or their takeaways from life experiences could be so vastly mm-hmm. different. And also, the hood was not bad. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. It's just not. I, I'm gonna speak for myself. It's just not somewhere where I wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. But like. I loved growing up next to my cousins and Mm -hmm. going to play outside and going to the park and being able to walk to the corner store to get candy, clown cone all the time. Yeah, Northern Lights. Northern Lights. Like that, that was like those summers as a kid, as a nine, 10, 11 year old, like those were the best summers. Right. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't bad. It's just um, my life would have been different Mm -hmm. had I had A stayed. Mm-hmm. and didn't think bigger, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. If I didn't think bigger for myself, I could have been one of these other people that, you know, maybe had gotten pregnant during high school mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now they have a kid that they have to deal with. Kudos to moms that have gone through that. Mm-hmm. I think that is a blessing that you have gone through that. For me, I saw that that wasn't something I wanted to do and there were so many of that situations going on Mm -hmm. when I, even in middle school, um, moving into high school. So, um, I just, and I, I didn't graduate high school, like with the best grades either. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that I did enough so that I can get out and like, see what else is out there and see what the world had to offer for me. And also I'm 33 now. I didn't like get into this mindset Mm -hmm. of wanting more for myself until I was probably like 26. Mm -hmm. Like from the time I graduated high school to about 25, 26 years old, I was like out here just kicking it. Yeah. Yeah. It was great years. You said it was great years? <laughs> so what was the pivot? What 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 was when did the so what happened? Did something happen, or what what was it that kicked that mindset shift? Um, my stepdad passed in 2013. He was the man that raised me, um, and he was from Columbus, so that's how we moved here. My mom was raised in Pennsylvania, and so it made sense for her to move here because Pennsylvania is too you know, to a state over. Um, so when he passed, I initially was just like, my, my biological father and I didn't have a great relationship at the time. Um, and I feel at the, at the time I was like, life is so short. I don't want anything to happen to Reggie and we don't figure us out as Mm -hmm. father and daughter, and I'm his only kid. Mm. So I went out there with that notion to try and repair and figure that out. Um, That was a journey. 
And I, that was when I went to hair school. So that was the pivotal moment. I was also in a really bad relationship at the time. I had no business being in. Mm -hmm. And I saw that pretty quick. And um, I just, I remember being told that my dad had passed. And then the next day, I remember waking up and just looking around like where I was and what I was doing, which wasn't nothing. Like I wasn't doing anything with my life. I was working at Ann Taylor Catching the bus everywhere. I still was like, I just wasn't, I didn't care to have more for myself. But that next day, after I, after I went and saw him in the hospital, I just was like, I'm done. Like, mm -hmm. I was done. I called Reggie. I was like, I'm coming to Phoenix. And I left. Mm. And I was there for three years and I went to hair school and all that. And then I came back. And was he open to build a relationship? Because sometimes, you know, you want to mend the relationship and... You know, the fathers are not there yet. Yeah, it was um, it was a journey, I will say that. Um, but we are great now. We talk probably three, four times a week. And uh, I feel like um, father and daughter is a situation. Man and woman is a situation. Generational difference is a situation. But right now, what's kind of bonding us is the fact that his father um, is going through dementia right now. And my mother is, uh, she has Huntington's disease, which is, uh, I guess, similar to Parkinson's, if, if, if people don't know what that is. Very, very rare um, disease um, Huntington's is. So having him having dealing with that and then me dealing with this and not just me like I have two younger brothers um by my my mom and my stepdad um so us kids dealing with that and then he's dealing with that like we kind of talk a little bit about that and I feel like unfortunately that's that's the circumstance that I feel like has gotten us a little bit closer mm -hmm. as father and daughter and um I'm very blessed, even if it is like a bad, I guess, bad situation because God is good and it could be worse. I could have no parents at all. So um, I'm just I'm just grateful for that, even if it is like uh, not the best situation to be like close in. But mm -hmm. that's just what I guess made us better together, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you mentioned it's a journey, right? So you, I say when you went there, and some people are in that space right now where they're having a hard relationship with their parent, right? And and part of them wants to amend it. Part of them is like, you know, F them. <laughs> I don't want to do something, right? But I think one point that I'm taking out of your conversation is having the, the patience, right? Because you said it's a journey. Mm -hmm. You said it a couple of times, which really tells me that you have to have the patience to really get to know this person almost brand new, right? Like put it to the side, whatever happened in the past and how do you build this from now? So if people are in this situation right now, understand that it's not going to change overnight. These people are not going to embrace you sometimes overnight. You may not embrace them overnight, mm -hmm. but if you really want this to be the decision that you made to make it better, then it's going to be a journey. So have patience with the process. I definitely think patience in any relationship is like a key mm -hmm. to making um, a relationship work, whether it's romantic family, friends, um, or coworkers. Um, if you don't have that or a little bit of it, it's going to make the situation that much more harder. Um, yeah. But I would say that he had to have patience with me 
because I'm very hard. I'm my father's daughter to a T. I'm very impatient. I'm hard-headed. Um, I don't listen all the time. I, I always go with my emotion before I go with my head sometime. Um, but I, I'm growing and I'm learning. And over the last you know year or two, he and I have um, had discussions about what happened with me as a baby and how it became what it was um, up until now and why things happened and the way that it did. Cause I didn't understand. I, 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 not to like go way into it, but I just didn't understand like, why wasn't I raised in Phoenix, Arizona with my dad and things like that. And so I found out a lot and, you know, we talked about it and, and, um, things are just are better between us. So there, he's a good man for not like pointing fingers and doing all the things like co-parents would do to each other, to the kid. Mm -hmm. Tell your dad I said this. Tell your mom I said it was none of that from him ever. Thank God. Can't say that about the latter, but that's just what it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Well, it definitely sounds like, I mean, it, it, like you said, it, it it's something that is a process. And I think that some of the things you've mentioned, just being able to like, heal from whatever it is. And and really, I think, I think earlier you mentioned being able to like seek out mental health and seek out services and start to kind of surround yourself with people that are going to also help you in this journey of processing, figuring out who you are, what are the parameters that you are now also identifying as what's healthy, what's not healthy, who do I want to associate my time with, you know, who am I just going to make the conscientious decision to say this relationship is no longer fruitful or it's, it's not, not it's not going to serve mm -hmm. me. It's not going to work for me because I think oftentimes, you know, we find ourselves in similar relationships or similar situations reoccurring and it's like, okay, all these people can't be wrong about me or this, this person. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how often are we just looking at ourselves? Like, am I going into this relationship hurt because I have issues with my dad or am I going into business, you know, if, you know, worried about this person doing me wrong because the last person did me wrong. And so I think there's, there's power in understanding, you know, your journey, understanding the things that may trigger you to feel mm -hmm. or think a certain type of way and to be okay with just taking your time mm -hmm. and setting up these new parameters of your life like you said you know you're in your 30s all the stuff we went through didn't happen overnight and it sure the hell is not gonna be fixed and gonna fix overnight, overnight either, right. either. Yeah. it takes time yeah so have grace with yourself and and as we you know and seek support yeah seek support not just like your aunts and your cousins yeah, and your not mom that support because sometimes people can only give you what they can yep. and, you know and so that's mm -hmm. also a thing you you i mean i, I love my mother i love my siblings and, you know, but there's times where you, I have to seek advice from, from outside those circles yeah. mm -hmm. because it's like, you can't really fully speak on things that you have not it's, experienced. They're biased. Yeah. You can't, mm -hmm. I, I will ask my brother, Corey is more level-headed, um, but I'll ask him certain things at certain times. I won't always talk to him about everything because he's my brother too. Mm -hmm. And so he will be the first to be like, well, you don't need to be doing da -da -da. like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like protective type. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I do see a therapist and I do, I have my inner circle of people um, 
that I've known for 20 years as well. So I just make sure that, like you said, also like boundaries, learning how to put those up and when to put them up. Um, Mm -hmm. Just it's just better that way for yourself, for your mental health. Um, which at least my group is really, really like about that. So I, but it also took me a long time to do that. I feel like I became a great hairstylist and makeup artist because I cared so much like about making sure that everybody is happy with who they are, like what I do for them. Um, and I think that may have been like insecurity. Am I doing it right? Like, do they like my work? Well, now I know that people like my work. Mm-hmm. So now I have to make sure that that the boundary is set. Even with my clients sometimes, like I just implemented this to myself. Like I got to stop texting people and taking text messages after like 5.30. Like I just got to stop. And I have people that will just text me like, Eight nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night, talking about some hair, and I'm l- watching like Gilmore Girls. Like, <laughs> uh, I can't even think about this right now, girl. So, yeah. so yeah, um, I would say boundaries for sure. Still learning them, but it's it it didn't happen overnight. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. an auto message that goes out. Like I type messages, so when people call me and I'm gonna you know I'm in a meeting, I have a thing that I can hit that says. I will call you back. Sorry, I'm in a meeting. Mm-hmm. Some people text you after 5.30. You should have just a copy and paste. Like, thank you so much for reaching out. I'll reach out to you tomorrow you at 9 o'clock. That. That's it. So you don't have to like type it every time. Just like... So the first time she sends that to me, I'm going to be like, wow. Yeah. And then you're like, well, just implementing <laughs> what she so learned on Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm not available right now. I'll be like, Coco, you can do that for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Not for me, Coco. We told you that. Christina. Not wow. me. Wow. You get that. You get that. You get that. Oh my god! And I hate when I teach people stuff, and then I'm like, I'm like, wow. They use it on me. I oh, know she tells me so much. I'm like, yeah, for I'm real, like, for like, real though. <laughs> for real, it's so funny because I used to tell her like, I we are we are just we are we balance each other and such. We're like the perfect I cup of tell. coffee, like. We are the perfect cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how you just got to have the right ingredients. She's chill. Christina's chill. You are bouncing off the walls. I, I it's am. just It's the energy I need in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm so to go like, my- <laughs> and then I'm always like, come sit down. Like, no, 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 no. Because she was always so like, I got to help this person. I'm taking this person's mom to chemo. I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. No, but. but- she's running herself ragged, taking... Going to drop this stuff at the food pantry, taking some random person. I mean, she barely knows mom to chemo because <laughs> she didn't have nobody else to sit with her, which I Aww, thought was such a sweet thing. Sweet. I said, God, you're going to heaven and you're going in the express. I mean, you got your wings are up flies. there waiting. I mean, she's, <laughs> I mean, they got no, a seat. Nine, 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 more years, though. <laughs> it's, I mean, no doubt no in rush. my mind. But I was just like, girl, what are you like? You can't be out here running around. And then she was getting home late. She had one meal, barely four cups of coffee. And I was like, you got to stop like over exhausting yourself yeah. because, you know, and so she used to ask me questions like different situations where she's like, well, what happened? I was like, I didn't ask. And she's I like, was like, what? Why you didn't ask? I was like, because I don't want to get involved. And she's like, none of my business. And so then, past couple of years, I now I'm like, so what happened? She's like, I didn't ask. And I was like, <laughs> 
Wow. Growth. That's growth. <laughs> I'm like, you can be running around because because you can't give what you don't have. And yes. then when you got to show up for your own family or your own kids or yes. your own business, yep. you all over the place. Tired. Tired. Exhausted, tired. Snappy. Don't have the energy. And I'm like, you know, and so I just. So I learned from her some things. I really And I've learned from her because I'm, I'm a lot more like, okay, help. Maybe I can help. Not mm-hmm. just from this place of like, I can't, but let me, if I can fit it, I will, but I'm not going to inconvenience or go too far out because I have so many kids. And we already serve a lot. So I think all day. Yeah. When you are a person in, uh, and you're working and you're, you are servicing people, service people, round of applause, (laughs) because it is rough. You and, and I am, I, I, Feel people's energy. What's the word? Empath. I'm an empath. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I mean, you have to. I have to have those boundaries. I can walk into somebody's house with like three, four kids running around, bouncing off the walls, and then I go into somebody that's more serene, and like I have to shake those kinds of things off. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that energy is real. It is, and I'm selective now. Like I think before, I think before COVID, even before, like I think I was pretty, you know, gifting with my energy. Mm -hmm. And I think after COVID, some of the things that I learned, right, because of my own hard things I had to go through, is like, wait, I have to put me. Right, and I can't give this energy to everybody, Mm-mm. like you know. So I have learned that I, even though I can respect and 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 celebrate a lot of people, I don't rock with a lot of people because energy does attach. And I'm a person that absorbs it, so mm-hmm. I'm very, very. You know, I'm not Person, an empath private. per se. Yes, but I am very like particular. I put boundaries now. Yeah, like I don't meet with everybody. I don't do the things I used to do. And it's not because I don't love people. I love people, but I was finding myself mm-hmm. caring a lot. And I can't do that because, you know, we have an organization to run that we already carry so much yep. because those parents and those girls, like they can text us at any time if there's an emergency yeah. and we have to respond. So, you know, we, we already carry a lot. And I have to tell myself that like, you're already doing enough. Like you are already with the work that we're doing. You can't doing do it enough. for them if you don't do it for you. Exactly. Right. And I'm here to tell, tell you how to set boundaries and I have no boundaries. And I was like, wait a minute, you right. know? So now I love it. I don't have to be at 10 events in a day. I don't have to be in 20 service projects. I think organization itself is a 24-hour service project. Mm. So, you know, so that has helped me a lot. So, and I think we learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Which is why we love this this podcast because we learn so much from other people that we bring in. Like I learned a whole lot about you that I didn't know before this podcast. <laughs> yes. I'm like, wow. I'm low key private a little bit. I think I only I feel like I I get energy from people, which is why you and I talk a lot. Mm-hmm. But I don't. There's very few clients that I actually like really tell my story to. Mm-hmm. Well, now everybody knows now, but <laughs> which is fine. But it, I feel like it it'll help somebody. But I'm I don't necessarily always feel like you're um, giving your business or your time or whatever to people. Sometimes that energy isn't reciprocated mm-hmm. or it will give back to you in a negative way. You don't know who... that The saying, you don't let everybody pray over you mm-hmm. type of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You just don't know. And not not to, to you. I'm just talking mm-hmm. about People's like in intentions. general. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I yeah. agree. I think that's why we've I we've gotten to a point where people are like I don't know you know what are you up to I don't know you know I'm like 
I move in silence. Like it's really a power in being able to just work behind the scenes, post just what you have to post, announce what you have to announce. Be because I do believe that there are people who are just like waiting for waiting for something to they're go in, wrong. They're or, in the shadows. Yeah, and ready it's like to I don't need that kind of uh, attention. <laughs> like I'm a very low key person, even though I live kind of a public life in certain entities now more than before yeah but if i don't have to i don't Mm -hmm. if i don't have to do an interview i won't because it's just for what like and i think once you are not in a place of leading from your ego Mm -hmm. you're cool with just knowing what you got to do it's not about ego for me it's not about titles it's not about an award and a recognition god willing i'm able to serve in ways that just i know that's what i'm supposed to do whether you acknowledge it, whether you know about it, I'm okay. Either with, way, either way. way. yeah. And, and that's just a piece that I think when you're thinking about wanting to start a business or lead a company or start a family, you have to sit with your true, authentic, raw self and say, really, who am I and, and why do I do the things that I do? And it can't be just for money or it can't be just for ego or it can't be because being in that kind of a hamster wheel is also a poison. And it's also will exhaust you in a way that it's like, I'm constantly out here chasing, but what am I chasing? What am I what looking is the for? Goal? What, what, is, what your, is the goal? What's the end goal? What's here? the end goal? Because, you know, some there's millionaires, billionaires who are committing suicide, mm-hmm. who are not happy. <laughs> what's so, the name just did? Yeah. Who did? Well, uh, uh, the comedian? No, oh. there, there was a guy that jumped from like three, four stories um, because the stock market crashed. It just happened. I can't recall. No, I didn't hear but about anyway, that. But anyway, yeah. So it's just, we have to get to a place. Because some people, I think they equate so much of like, man, if I just have money, I would be happy mm-hmm. or I would feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And money is money is a tool. Mm-hmm. Money gives you access. And I'm not saying I don't want money. I, I want, want money. I want money. money. I want money. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not going to, it, it, and it is be it's not that the drive. Yeah, it's a it's part, part of the drive, of it. but it's not the drive. No. And it should it, not be the not identity. For me. No, time is for me. If I can if I can chill tomorrow and I choose to do that, girl, that's, that's a choice. That is where I'm at like my sister and I talk about this all the time like I don't work on a weekend if I don't want to mm-hmm. I just feel like weekends are like your days of rest unless I'm doing like a wedding early in the morning three four hours of my time boom bam, done mm-hmm. great but we're not put on this earth to work like all day no yeah. that's not what life is about right yeah. I want to be able to do something I'm passionate in, which is the beauty industry. I love making people pretty. I love talking to people. Um, but I'm not in it to work myself. Like like you said, a, like I'm not a hamster on a wheel. Like I'm mm-hmm. not doing this. I'm not in a factory. Yeah, That's not what life is about. I'm working so that I can have experiences too. Like, yeah, it's great to have money, but then once you get it, what are you about to do with it? Yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. there are some people that have... Never left Ohio. That's so sad. Yeah. To me. I, I want to travel. Like, these are things that I want to do. Heaven forbid I get the gene for Huntington's yeah. or dementia. But I want to be able to go do the. That's one of the things that drives me, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If for some reason that is something that is in my cards, like, I want to be able to say, well, at least I did X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Those are, those are, that's not something I've said out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that is definitely probably the reason why I do what I do. 
I love that. I feel like we could talk to you all day. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring you back because I know <laughs> there's so much more that I think we could easily dive into. And as you're growing and learning in your business, I think it would be dope to have you back just to kind of share additional updates, tips. Yeah. Tricks I mean, I'm sure a lot's going to happen in a year. Like, yeah. you never know. And you're stuck with me for <laughs> You know, I'm like. We see each other in a couple weeks. Yeah, actually, I'm coming up getting a different hair color. Are Stay you? tuned, guys. Don't let her cut her hair. No, I already cut it. No. She cut it. The last I just time. did a little bit. Yeah. You didn't do a lot. She to do no, something no. crazy. I did. I wanted I showed her the bob. And I was she was like, like oh. thank you so much. My mother will thank you. Yeah, so, Mommy don't like her. I'm getting my cut. fall hair ready. Are you? It's gonna be cute. I love this. You'll see it. You have like a whole year hair with me, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Coco, thank you so much Thanks for being for here today. Me. I, I really appreciate it. it. Where so can people fun. find you? Okay, so I have Instagram. I'm Fem by Coco on Instagram. Um that's pretty much it. Okay. So IG. IG. And we'll post, we'll put your name in the description too. So people can find your Instagram, learn more about Coco if you need services, obviously. I also have an email if people still email. Um, <laughs> hi, it's H-I-Fem, F-E-M-M, beauty at outlook.com. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. So those of you that still use email, you got it. I still, I'm an email person. Oh, I email No way. We have email. We have so many emails. Per your last email. Oh, no. When people send me emails like that, I'm like, wow, you chose violence today. <laughs> <laughs> no, per your I'm so grateful I'm not in corporate America anymore. I really am just like, yeah. And then you have grown also. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all growth. <laughs> Tina. Yeah, Tina. Oh, oh. Yeah, you always know, like, what season in my life I met you in. If you call me Tina, I'm like, you're a childhood friend or family. <laughs> yes. And if it's Christina, then yes, welcome. Welcome to the new twenty college. Welcome to, the new, to, the college. Welcome to my channel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Elevated experience. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you, Coco, for Thanks being for here. Thanks for having me. I so appreciate it. Yes. Had so much fun. Yes. It, and we always you. like to end each one of our episodes. You remember what it is? The phrase, it's bigger than you. Do you remember? So we're going to do it together. It's It's bigger bigger than than you. Thank you so much for listening today. We're excited and we hope that you follow us on Instagram, True Print for Life, a YouTube channel, also True Print for Life. And make sure that you share, 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 like, watch our videos. Make sure that you follow us on all streaming platforms.